This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. How do things fall apart? How does a population that was so united in purpose on September 11th, 2001, become so fractured and at war with one another within the span of just 20 years? Well, as I've said before, it happens one tiny step at a time. Because in reality, we are moving towards something that very much resembles the Third Reich. And it happens in many of the same ways. But let's take a step back almost 75 years ago, to the day that we secured victory over Germany in World War II. What did America and its allies end up defeating on that day? And when I talk through this, you have to think to yourself, What have we let in? On May 8, 1945, men and women rushed to the streets of New York, London, and Moscow to hug, to kiss, and to dance. Nazi Germany had just surrendered. The war against Nazi Germany was over. The killing had stopped. The great evil had ended. And yet many had mixed feelings of joy, but also of grief, of what this portended. It was true that more than 100,000 U.S. soldiers had given their lives and almost another 450,000 had been wounded. In all, close to 20 million Europeans had been killed. May 8th is still celebrated in our times as Victory in Europe Day, or VE Day. But you need to know how these things started in Germany, and why the monsters were cheered in Italy and in Austria as they reconquered areas destined to be manipulated in Germany's New World Order, as described by Adolf Hitler, the Third Reich. Until 1930, there were only a few hundred Nazi stormtroopers, or brown shirts, in German streets intimidating voters, opponents, and Jews. And this was before Adolf Hitler had even taken the chancellorship. The brown shirts were around to intimidate people, bust up some businesses, and hassle folks everywhere. Maybe that sounds a little bit familiar. Many of the stormtroopers wanted socialism. In the following years, their numbers escalated quickly to thousands and even hundreds of thousands. And in 1933, when Adolf Hitler took power, there were two to three million brown-shirted stormtroopers in Germany. 
things went amazingly fast in Nazi Germany. But it was gradualistically fast. First, remember when you're thinking of Nazi Germany that the Nazis were obsessed with race. Not unlike the totalitarians of today. They suppressed dissent. They controlled the dissemination of news and controlled culture. In 1933, the German Student Union started to burn books in an effort to align German arts and culture with Nazi ideas. Books of authors such as Hemingway, Helen Keller, and Jack London were considered dangerous and had to be canceled. The students did not see themselves as suppressing culture. They saw themselves as advancing a just culture. And the intimidations by the brown shirts peaked on November the 9th, 1938, during the Nazis' Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass. A Holocaust and Kristallnacht survivor stated this about what had happened just before and then during the horror of Kristallnacht. Quote, That was the heart of the problem of German Jewry. Our Jewish existence in Germany was so much a part of German society that the Nazi blow hit it from within. Until 1938, my parents never thought of leaving Germany. There's no way the Germans we live with will continue to do these things. It's only an episode. That was the atmosphere. It was also the atmosphere on Kristallnacht. They couldn't comprehend it. It came as a blow. I remember my mother standing pale and crying. I remember her phoning her Gentile friends. She had more Gentile friends than Jewish friends. But no one answered. No one answered her. End quote. It was a long night of looting, arson, and public humiliation, solely on the basis of ethnicity. More than 90 Jews were murdered. And then the black shirts, the SS, they finished it off. That night, they brought tens of thousands of Jews to concentration camps. Nazi officials disguised the organized nature of the pogrom. They described the actions as spontaneous and justifiable responses of the German population to the assassination by a Jew of a German diplomatic official, Ernst von Rath, in Paris. Let me say that again, just for a moment so you can understand what was the precipitating cause for Kristallnacht. The Nazi officials described the actions that they took. The burning of Jewish businesses, the busting up of Jews, the burning of Jewish synagogues by the brown shirts, and then ginning up the other people around them as spontaneous and justifiable responses of the German population 
because of the assassination of a German diplomatic official, Ernst von Rath, by a Jew in Paris. Is any of this resonating with you right now? Well, of course, then the German government confiscated all insurance payouts to Jews whose businesses and homes had been looted or destroyed during Kristallnacht. And then they blamed the Jews for their destruction. They restricted the free movement of the Jewish people as well. Soon, more Jewish property was confiscated and Jews got canceled from employment in the public sector and from most professions. There was an interview in the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum where the Iranian professor and author Azar Nafisi, whose book Reading Lolita in Tehran was canceled in Iran, but he describes what took place. Quote, The first thing every totalitarian regime does, along with confiscation and mutilation of reality, is confiscation of history and confiscation of culture. I think they all happen almost simultaneously. End quote. And just like what happened with the Jewish population and what they experienced in Nazi Germany, what used to be unimaginable here in the United States is now taking place in America. You have to be seriously gaslight not to understand what's going on right now. We see certain aspects of Nazi-like totalitarianism in the United States. Think about what I just went over with you. The obsession with race. Declaring an ethnic group collectively guilty. Shaming. Humiliations based on ethnicity and social status. Lootings. Arson. Racist violence. Intimidation of opponents. Cancel culture. The controlled dissemination of news. The censorship of free speech. The controlling of people's free movements. And indoctrination of children in schools. We see fake news, complete denials of conspiracy by those involved in conspiracy. The overhaul of history. A new language imposed. New terms imposed. New definitions imposed. Unprosecuted theft. All in the name of a more just culture. On May 8th, when we celebrate VE Day, we used to remember that America had a leading role in liberating Europe from a totalitarian Nazi regime. But let me ask this question. Who will liberate us as America becomes a totalitarian state? Who will come to the rescue? Who will rescue us 
from the oppressive, crushing tyranny of the fascist corporate state, what Orwell referred to as the oligarchical technocracy. Who will fight to liberate America and all of Western civilization? Well, no one. No one will come to save us. We have to save us. So here I am, Lord. Send me. And I do suggest praying that the Lord in his ultimate sovereignty will have mercy on us. Because we don't deserve mercy at this point. We deserve wrath. But I pray that you will pray that he will use you. That you will become active. That you will stand against the coming night. That you will help to bring light into the darkness and will help us to reverse what is coming. Now, what are you going to do about it? I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic.